you're listening to the Seven Transformations podcast. For access to the latest content, including the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the7transformations.com. Create a life you love. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast sharing life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And now, let's create a life we love. Well, welcome back, everybody. My name is Tudor Alexander. This is the Seven Transformations Podcast, and I'm here with my guest today, James Ramos. How's it going, James? Uh, pretty good. I'm, I'm great. Pronounce your last name. Is it Ramos or Ramos? Uh, it's Ramos. Ramos. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad to be here. How are you? Me too. I'm, I'm super excited to have you, man. It's like, you know, this was a spontaneous interview that happened today I actually it brought over another one of my friends Meta to interview her uh about some cosplay in her life and I through conversation I find out James is an author <laughs> he's already got a book published I didn't even know this I'm like dude I'm interviewing you today we're <laughs> doing this so tell him about your your life James like tell him about your book that you published about some other stuff that you're up to yeah, well, um, the book is called It's That Girl Darcy. It's a Pride and Prejudice story. Uh, it's a, a modern day a young adult re- reimagining of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. And uh, I basically took all of the, the characters and I switched genders um, and, and retold the, the story in a modern day setting. And, and with that, we were talking a little bit about it, but pretty much you can do that now. There's no copyright issue with, with that because... It's public domain, you said. Right, right. I'm free and clear. That's awesome. So pretty much all these things that are old time, you know, stories, they can be reinvented and recreated in a whole new dimension. Was it in the same time frame or do you pretty much you kept the time but you switched the genders or Yeah, so what I did, um I it was a pretty I try to stay very faithful to the original novel just because okay. uh, Pride and Prejudice is one of my favorite books of, of all time. So I just took all of the characters and all of the uh the plot progression, the plot points and I tried to keep them as faithful uh in the the spirit of the novel and just mm. try to bring them into a, a contemporary setting. So there's a lot of going back and forth and just finding the parallels between um, society and the the happenings that took place in Jane Austen's day and just updating them to uh, reflect what's going on now. So, yeah. Did you find, what was some, some of the difficulties with that? Because I imagine, you know, like that reminds me of this story I had when I was in uh, high school. We had to take a, a Shakespeare play and put it in a different time frame. Oh, and, yeah. and we had to film it and everything. It was like a serious project. And I remember being taking Macbeth and we transposed it into like modern day and it was like a bunch of lawyers fighting each other and stuff. Oh, that's it, cool. It was really interesting. But what what your story reminded me of that. I'm like, I remember some stuff being easy and stuff. I'm like, man, how am I going to make this happen? So for you in your book when you wrote that, what was there any moments like that when you're like, okay, I'm switching the genders here. Like some stuff, okay, boom, it's easy. But some stuff, it's like, how is this going to work? Yeah, it was, um, some of the fun was um, just with the characters, you know, it, when I envisioned the, the book, it was always, I'm going to switch the, the, the genders because the uh, the Jane Austen retelling is a, a pretty uh, lively market as it turns out. So mm-hmm. there's been, you know, it's been done uh, a thousand times and oh, I just okay. tried to, to find something different. And then, like, re- like for example, the uh, the character of Mr. Darcy, he's uh, described as this aloof kind of standoffish um, guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and 
right from the stars like this is going to be the the female lead for the for the book so some of that that was easy you know just taking the characters and this boiling down and getting to like the core of those characters and this uh kind of encasing them in a new like mm. contemporary person that part was was easy but some of the other things um like uh, a lot of the the cultural differences were were more challenging um regency era um england there was a lot of um kind of ingrained uh prejudices well like as the the title yeah uh, sure. suggests, but prejudices and then the, it's a very patriarchal society so there's a lot of like uh inherent like sexism and things like that mm-hmm. so trying to re take the core and the and the good things about the book and bring them into a modern setting and trying to find a way to either uh diffuse those things or, yeah. or or refute altogether those things was uh that was a challenge but it it was very rewarding because like i said jane austen's one of my my favorite authors and yeah her work a classic is, yeah yeah and she's very very witty so it was just like i was able to use some of that humor and that carried mm. over pretty well as well you said that this kind of uh creative retake on it has been pretty popular like some other people have done it obviously what's different about your book from the other types of efforts in this area um i think what what is different um is that i tried to be very loyal to the original a lot of times when i've read or or watched uh retellings they'll take the um the idea or the concept and then they'll use that as like a jumping off point and just make their own thing or Mm -hmm. incorporate some of the the wider you know things but what i really wanted to do was keep it almost like a a a point for point like yeah really uh, get the details right right yeah Oh, that's awesome. Were you, how long have you been writing it? How old are you now? Um, I am 28. 28, nice. How long have you, is this something you've always been doing since a kid? You've always wanted to be an author and writing a lot or is it kind of just developed into adulthood? Well, I've been writing for, you know, since as far back as I can remember. I didn't decide that I wanted to become a, a published author until about a year after I graduated high school. Okay. Um, but it was always something I had, you know, wanted to do or I was doing, you know, as, for, you know, for fun. And it just kind of grew from there and it became almost an obsession, I would say. Yeah, it's like, especially once you once you start, I can relate with the book that I'm writing. It's like you kind of start with some notes and you have a bunch of notes every put and then you start organizing it more and more and just coalesces oh, into yeah. this like solid object that you want to finish. <laughs> and you're literally sculpting information. You exactly, know? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's so interesting. Well, you know, with being an author and, and trying to create the things you're creating. You're doing some other books right now too, right? You got some uh, yes. other books you're writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, what yeah. what kind of books are you writing? Um so the most of the projects I'm working on right now, I work in, in science fiction. Okay. Cool. Um and I do primarily young adult um novels so you know between like the age 12 and and 19 is the the target audience there. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of crossover though like I think most of the people who read young adult are actually like uh, you know actual adults <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah but it's that's the the primary genre that i work in oh sweet any uh any sneak peeks you can give us about some of the topics that you're writing about with your yeah. sci-fi book i love sci-fi it, stuff so nice i mean i'm all about sci-fi <laughs> yeah so what i what i do because i'm i'm a huge nerd so um superheroes are always you know something that's that's a big thing for me and i'm trying yeah. to i'm working on an anthology that involves some of the the wider tropes of the superhero genre but i'm trying to make them bring them into more like realistic setting and kind of downplay the more fantastical parts of it and just have a a more realistic uh, story so that's cool that's really cool it it totally uh reminds me of this artist who i don't know why but this kind of just popped in my head but he takes pictures of kids 
in like super like especially kids that have uh, like leukemia and all this kind of stuff i think you might have seen him he takes pictures of kids and uh makes like a superhero like he he digitizes the background to make him look like uh you know so and it's really interesting we're talking about superheroes today especially with Maida and her uh cosplay and then you know you're mentioning superheroes it's so interesting how that has such a transformative effect because it's been around for such a long time in human culture the the power of a Mm -hmm. story and the power of a hero you know we all find ourselves in one way or another in these archetypes and it's really cool especially you're bringing that down or like you said you're downplaying the fantastical parts and making it more relatable and it's like we can find ourselves right right you know in those archetypes well being an author you know obviously there's a lot of risk there you know especially you're trying to create your own life and do something outside of the norm what do the relationships around you look like as far as that goes i mean anytime we try to do something you know great or create a life we we love it's it's usually one way or another. People are going to be very supportive, you know, and encourage you or another, you know, the other side of it. So what are your relationships around you like regarding your journey and being an author? Um, You know, it's uh, starting it. It's a lot of the extremes. I've gotten people who are extremely supportive and are like, yeah, go for it. And I've gotten mm-hmm. on the other side of that spectrum, people who just think it's the worst idea ever. And it's just something that it's a waste of time because the odds are so stacked against you and um it's kind of polarizing and i think um you know when i initially started a lot of the people that were saying you know you shouldn't really do this were well-meaning they didn't want to see me set out to do something it was almost like i told people that i was going to go sell all my belongings and go to la and try to be an actor like they were just looking at it like that like it's you know you find something stable and do something that's that's sure Mm -hmm. and so i got a lot of that and it wasn't until uh the book was published that people started kind of taking it seriously and saying oh well he's not just talking about he's actually doing things to to attain the yeah you had a result basically right right yeah so it's it's been interesting you know a lot of the um people that have supported it are people that i don't know Mm. um people that have read the in the work because it's a very personal thing like I, I would tell people that oh i'm writing a book but yeah. no one else could read it because i wasn't at that at that stage yet hmm. um but as time you know now nowadays uh, i have a, a very strong support system you know my girlfriend's very supportive and everyone that i tell or that finds out about is always it's a very positive reaction and that's very encouraging for me to to keep at it to keep going it's mm-hmm. definitely a, a, an endurance sport with, with writing i mean yeah we were talking off the air about writing. I'm also writing a book and it's like we you know, we enjoy writing and you know, I've always written on blogs or whatever, all kinds of creative writing, but all those efforts you can finish them when you sit down. With a book you can't finish it when you sit down and that inherently creates a whole nother realm of letting go of acceptance of, you know, endurance, patience, oh, yeah. delayed gratification. There's so much to uh to it. So well you know, this kind of bigs up, brings up the question, especially with your, you kind of touched on it, but maybe there's something else that, that comes up to mind. You know, I often ask people in their journey towards creating a life that they want to live, what was a big break that changed your direction in a sense? You know, where, whether that's meeting somebody or like you said, you know, publishing the book made a big difference to the relationships around you because now you had something tangible. Mm-hmm. said, hey, look, this is not just some theory. Like, I actually created something. So was there any other point in your journey that you can refer to where it's like, you know, this point was a significant point that things started to turn around uh, for me? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the first, there's 
continue to be those types of, of points as I as I continue. But the first uh, moment where that happened was um, I was about nineteen or twenty, and I had mm-hmm. been you know um, quote unquote seriously trying to do the writing thing for about a year or two. And um, up until that point, my writing had been a very personal. No one had ever read my writing yeah. um, just because I was very uh, self-conscious about it. And I didn't know where I was as far as like ability-wise or talent-wise. Mm. And I was a part of this forum on Writer's Digest. And I don't think it exists anymore, but it was a forum for like writers. You could post bits of your work and oh, get okay. feedback. Get feedback, yeah. And, and I realized I got to a point where it's like I'm, I'm writing more and more. But unless I get that feedback, I don't know if I'm progressing, if I'm mm. doing this right. So I, I posted like a couple paragraphs of uh, something I've been working on and just, you know, went to sleep. I posted it like right before I went to bed. And I was like, I can't stay up and, and yeah, wait for these reactions. Yeah, so I shut my computer <laughs> off and went to bed and I woke up at like five and I'm just like, okay, let's see. And there were, I think, four responses and everyone was just like super like, hey, this is yeah. great work, like you're doing good. There was always, you know, there's always going to be that constructive criticism, but sure. the the tone of the the feedback was so positive that it, mm. it showed me that hey, I've I've got, so I'm doing You're something on the right, right, track. right, yeah, yeah, and that gave me the kind of the uh, the fortitude to to post more and more and be mm. more confident in my writing, and that in turn um, it shows in in your in your work, and that was the first real milestone as far as um, the 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 whole process where I felt that this is something that I could actually do. Yeah, and you decided to risk yourself ultimately. I mean, you you gained, you, you know, such a, an important boost towards your future from that little moment. It's those little moments that are the seeds of the future, you know, and it came from really risking yourself and taking action. You're like, you know what, mm-hmm. let me put myself out there. It's a little uncomfortable. I don't want to wake oh, yeah. up to a bunch of, you know, trolls spamming my, yeah. you know. Yeah. But regardless, you know, you still took the action, which is... uh I think how we grow and how we how we move forward. Oh, yeah. Well, I often ask people too about what is it that you had to invest to create the life you have right now and also for the future, you know, what you want to create. What are some of the things obviously there's time you have to invest your time, but what to you has been some of the biggest things you've had to invest in this journey? Um one of the biggest things is uh the relationships that I have. Um it does take its toll as far as the the relationships, I don't really for the longest time I haven't really had a social life. Mm. Um, and then, even with family and things, I kind of have had to by necessity, you know, because I have to do this the work. I have to keep things at a distance. Yeah, uh, keep people. I can't build um, as meaningful of relationships necessarily. I kind of and I've been talking to to one of my siblings about it. And I compare it to like um, the kids that like start training for the Olympics kind of, mm-hmm. they give up a lot of, they don't have normal like childhoods yeah. or lives because they're training for the, the Olympics. And not that I'm training for the Olympics or anything, but it's a similar It's Yeah, lifestyle. it's a similar journey. Yeah, it's yeah. a commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that part, and I'm trying to, to rebuild that because I'm realizing that if you don't have a life, what are you going to mm-hmm. write about? So I'm, I'm slowly trying to have a life, so to speak. Yeah. But it's for the longest time, I, I didn't date. I didn't have any, I had a, a couple of friends, but I didn't go out. I didn't mm-hmm. really have a lot of social interaction because I was always, you know, writing. So that's, I think, by far the biggest uh, toll that it's uh, it's taken. It's really a balance. You know, we have to invest ourselves into anything that we do. If you're, let's say, you're going to do a writing or you're training for the Olympics or whatever it is, it's a commitment that requires a lot more than average. And in mm-hmm. the process, like you said, there is a toll on other things. And I think right. as we go through the journey, we we find where is that balancing point because those other things that we initially 
have to sacrifice or give up or maybe that we don't even see value in, they later become the fuel uh, for some some other right. fires, mm-hmm. you know. So it's interesting. Well, can you share a challenging memory uh, that you overcame in this, in something, you know, maybe recently or with this journey, publishing your book or writing some new material? What's a, a big challenge that came? And how did you get back to motivation? How did you get back to love? How did you surmount it? Yeah, um, one of the biggest challenges, um, and this is going to just, this is part of the the uh, process, is rejection. Mm. Um, it takes a lot of forms when you're trying to become a published author or even just writing. Um, because, you know, you get the, when you submit work to literary agents, um, you're going to get rejected more times than, than you get uh, re- requests for like partial or full you know, manuscripts. So, um, with my first book and I, I submitted it prematurely, I should have worked on it more, but I got, I sent out, uh, 10 query letters to like 10 agents and I got 10 flat out rejections. Oh man. And it's just that broke. I just thought, you know, I should just give up. Um, I'm yeah. clearly not cut out for this. Um, but, and that, that's the norm in the industry. So just, um, in talking to other writers and things, they're just like, yeah, I've got even, you know, published authors, authors that are, you know, best selling authors, they've gotten, you know, stacks of rejections before they got uh accepted by mm. by an agent so with that you know rejection is a part of the the process and i've learned to take it in stride and it's not necessarily a reflection of what i'm doing it's just you know maybe the timing wasn't right or something mm. like that and also even with the the book coming out um with reviews you know you'll you'll get you can't please anybody everybody yeah yeah and so you know i've gotten some reviews that i've got some two-star reviews and things and and people that were just say you know this wasn't for me um, they didn't like it, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because my first reaction uh, initially was to get defensive and say, well, yeah. you're not, this isn't how I presented it. So, but once the book is out there, it, it really doesn't belong to you anymore. It's, yeah, it's, it's out else's. of your control. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's just, you, you really develop a, a sort of thick skin and you kind of learn to take the, uh, the criticism. If there's something you can use from the criticism, you can apply that. If not, you just have to discard it and, not let it affect you. And that's what I've had to learn um, over the years. You know, yeah. but. Now, you really point to something I think super important, which is that, uh, and it's, it's you totally reminded me of something I've been, I'm actually going to write an episode about this uh, exact topic, which is that in everything we accept, not it's not 100% true, nothing is, in a sense. You know, especially when we get, let's say, feedback from others or things that others say, you know, and obviously we're going to accept compliments, but let's say when somebody's giving you criticism or their opinion or something like that, that's something I struggle with too, obviously, especially if it's something that you're attached to, it's getting defensive. And I realize that, you know, we get defensive because ultimately we accept what that person or community or whatever is saying is 100% true. So mm-hmm. by accepting that as 100% true, there's a mismatch because I know that that's not 100% true to me. So now there's that mismatch, which is giving me suffering. Right. And it's like, okay, well, then really you're only causing your own suffering. That person is <laughs> not that person. So you have to learn to see that nothing somebody says is 100% true. You know, there may be some truth to it. And like you said, take what is going to be constructive to you to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there is only something, you know, but... If only 1% of that is true, then use the 1% and the other 99, just let it go. You right. Know? And it's it's definitely a practice. So, well, what currently is, to kind of stay on the whole challenge and obstacle idea, what's currently your 
most recurring obstacle, you know, the thing that just keeps coming up, obviously, and how do you accommodate for it? How do you recover from it? Um, the biggest obstacle right now is kind of like a real life, finding the balance between, you know, finding the time to write a book versus I have to have a, a day job, I have to pay the bills, I have to, you know, take care of my cats. <laughs> so yeah. um, just finding that balance between doing this and also not neglecting the things that are necessities, mm-hmm. um, particularly like work. Like I um, I work full time, I'm in insurance. So during the day, the ideas and things don't stop just because I'm yeah. at work. So finding that balance. And I also want to make sure that I'm performing well in, in right. the job and yeah. things like that. Um, and that's especially hard because it's like I've got so many things on my mind and I can't just tell my manager, oh, hey, I'm sorry. I, I'm in the I'm, flow right now. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's like I can't take calls right now. I have to, to write this chapter. So um, learning to kind of compartmentalize, I guess, and mm-hmm. still have that running in the background but sort of just put it on the in the in the yeah. background and kind of focus on the task at hand and then come back to it. Um, I'm not very well. I well initially I I hope that I've gotten better, but I wasn't good at switching gears like that. So mm-hmm, if I was mm-hmm. out of the moment, I wouldn't be able to write at all. Yeah. So I've become uh, more adept at writing when I can. So mm-hmm. if I got a if I have a lunch break, I'll write. If I got a you know a fifteen yeah, minute putting break, yourself in that mode and, right, and accessing right. it. Mm-hmm. But it's always a challenge and and and. Just the way, the mindset that I approach it to, like I, I see it as another job. So yeah. I have to do it whether or not I feel like writing. It's yeah. not something that's emotionally driven. I have to something I have to do because I chose to do it. So that that does is uh, challenging at times. Yeah, I think see, taking it seriously like that and forcing yourself and do, like you said, seeing it as another job uh, is a key strategy mm-hmm. to to get it going. I, I can to- totally relate with all the things that I'm doing. It's compartmentalizing your creative energy is very important oh yeah because especially if you're up to a lot of different things uh being able to say okay i'm going to devote this time for this i'm going to devote this time for this and and being able to trigger yourself into a a flow state or whatever it is that people talk about well what are some other strategies that you use like how do you get yourself in the let's say okay you have some time you look at your schedule or i got an hour here to do some writing like how how do you get yourself in that mode what are some strategies that you use um, one of the things is I'm never really working on one thing at a time. Mm. That way, you know, if I'm if I hit a uh, a roadblock in yeah, a certain project, yeah, then I'll switch gears and I'll work on something. I try to do um, things that are kind of opposing tonally, so that way, if I'm writing something that's really heavy and dark, and I get you know, too into it, I can come back and I'll have something that's kind mm, of light or humorous okay. that I can work on. That way, I don't get that fatigue because then I'll stop working altogether yeah. and I can't I can't really afford to do that either. You get, so. don't get stuck too much in one right. place. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that that's um, typically, and I have, right now I've got like three or four things and I just kind of just go back and forth and they're all at different stages of the writing process mm-hmm. so that way I don't get too um, stuck in a rut as far as one thing. Do you find like one thing I find, especially when I take a break from, because Right now, I'm writing a lot of notes from my book all over the place. I just haven't had the time to sit down and articulate certain things. And so when it when I do have time, I have to do a little bit of reading of my own stuff, what the heck I wrote last time, you know? So do you find, like, how do you deal with that? You know, do you find that you have to do that a lot, or do you just kind of, is that always in the background, and you kind of are easy to pick it up where you left off, especially with bouncing around between different, types of novels and ideas and things yeah it is difficult to um come back to something that i haven't been working on for a while Mm -hmm. i try to take notes as far as like 
okay, this book I'm writing it, I have to have, you know, the sentence structure is this way or this book has, you know, this character has certain ticks that I have to remember. So those mm. types of things, I try to keep them written somewhere that I can refer to them like a cheat sheet almost. Mm-hmm. But it is um it is difficult. That's one of the the downsides to to writing more than one thing at a time is this getting back into that plugging back in right right um but it it pays off normally if if i have a clear idea of what it was that i was trying to do in the first place it makes it easier to kind of just jump right into it and say okay this is where i was um but i do have to reread you know what i've gotten up to that point Mm -hmm. and that's always painful because i don't i never like my own words i'm just like who wrote this This is terrible start rewriting this stuff and like not writing what you set out to write in the beginning right (laughs) yeah so that that's always a a challenge but it's fun too because you know you see i've got stuff that i wrote you know 10 years ago and i'll I'll go and read that again it's just like well there's some progress there (laughs) so thankfully you know there's there are improvements so that's that's good too it's a constantly evolving thing too it's it's really interesting well what uh for people who are writing i'm one of them so my ears are wide open what advice do you have uh for us you know people who are wanting to get into writing a book or who are writing one right now any advice um yeah and it's kind of uh so stephen king wrote this um his on writing um is i definitely recommend that to to anybody who's even thinking about writing um but they're three things that um he said that you you have to do as a, to be a successful writer you have to Read a lot, you know, because that way you, you sharpen your ear, you, you get a, an ear for the, the sound and the music mm. of the, the writing. You have to write a lot. You know, so many people um, I've noticed um, anytime you say, oh, I'm, I'm working on a book. There's always someone that says, oh, I have an idea for a story or I know someone who had an idea for a story. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is, you know, take those ideas and, and write, even if it's an outline or whatever it is, just by yeah. actually writing it, you're automatically, uh, you know, ahead of the, the the game so to speak because you're taking you know physical real steps yeah, to do action. it yeah and also to the another thing the the third step just make sure you learn everything you can about the industry if you want to you know, be a published author because there's a lot of uh it, it is an industry at the end of the day you know yeah. if it's it's an, a creative thing to be sure but it is also a, a, an industry and it's important to know as much as you can um, going into it so that that way you can make smart choices and not be taken advantage of and and just you know, go in and and not come across as as a novice or someone who doesn't know what they're, yeah. they're doing. Awesome, mm-hmm. that's great to know. I mean, writing a book, like I said, it's a whole new level of commitment, especially the first time you do it. It's, oh, yeah. it's a little scary, and you know, you're putting your heart and soul into it. It's your, you know, like you said, your baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Man, you know. Well, what uh, any other areas of your life that you are excited for right now? You guys doing any trips or getting any ready for any events, any big projects, anything coming up? Yeah, it's um con season or comic con season is is yeah. approaching. So I'm pretty uh pretty excited to yeah. to start going out and and um dressing up as as, as Spider-Man is what I typically do. Spider-Man, so, nice. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited. Do you have any uh little things on your wrist so you can blast people? I do. That? Yeah, <laughs> they they don't work yet, but um I'm hoping that the technology will catch up so we can have real web shooters. That'd yeah, be, that'd be sweet. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> well, what's the uh biggest thing that you are grateful for right now? Um I'm grateful for um the friends that I have, you know, my girlfriend, um just the people that I've been at, fortunate enough to surround myself with right now mm-hmm. I, I the the group that i work with with the cosplay and, and just they've become friends as well they're some of the most you know talented and and creative um people that i've ever met and it's just being around that sort of creativity it just you can't help but but 
yeah, take it fuels, some of that. it fuels your own too. Right, right. You know? And I'm just immensely great. And they're they're a great group of people too. They're so so selfless and and, and caring and things and, and funny. So I, I just love the the people that I have in my life right now and I'm I'm extremely grateful for That's them. That's awesome, man. Yeah, they say people make your life. So oh, yeah. you know. Well, any final words of wisdom for anybody listening? Um, the only thing I have, I mean, no matter where I've I've starting to realize that no matter how far you progress as far as chasing your dream or or whatever you want to call it is um it's okay to not feel like you know what you're doing you know Mm -hmm. i still have no idea what i'm doing i tell people that a lot like i I don't know what i'm doing (laughs) it's Mm. it's i just hope that it works and 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 that's okay like i've come to to square with it i'm I'm approaching 30 right now and i'm just like i thought that oh by the late 20s i'd have everything figured figured out out. yeah (laughs) and i know nothing and it's like that's okay you know it's it's so it's okay to still be a work in progress and that's um something that i've I've, uh learned to accept and even and enjoy so that's that's the only thing I can I can pass on. They say it's so. like beginning of wisdom is n- acknowledging you don't right, know anything. Right. right? <laughs> well, thank you so much, my friend, for uh, uh, entertaining this spontaneous interview. Oh, yeah. This was so much fun. <laughs> it was. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, where can they where can they get your book? Where can they find out more about you, or you know, keep track of your progress or anything like that yeah so um the book is available online at uh, amazon.com or you can get it uh, barnesandnoble.com you can have it's a the kindle version you can get a paperback version um my website is the james ramos.com uh, that's also my instagram and twitter handle i just made it the same thing for yeah i'm not very creative when it comes to other things hey, so straight to the point <laughs> right <laughs> but um that's where i you know i post i have the blog and i post um it's tied to my Instagram, things like that. So I'll post progress and, and just interact. I love interacting with readers as well. And also Goodreads is the same. Um, just James Ramos. I don't have a pseudonym or anything. So Sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again, my friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. This has been an awesome episode about writing, about letting go, about being okay with the process. I hope that it's contributed to your life. Having people like James on the show is a real blessing to me because... Not only am I learning and growing, but I get to share these experiences with you. So I hope that you have enjoyed it. If you find that this episode relates to anybody in your life, feel free to share it with them. And if you want to support the show, you can check the website. We have a Patreon account uh, as well as all those other things on there as well that donate to charity. So check it out. Thank you again, James, for being part of the show. Thank you. You're listening to the 7 Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For weekly articles on creating a life you love, stay connected at the